Hello and welcome to Get Into Games On Air, a podcast about board games and the people who play them. My name is Craig and I will be your host steering this ship through the stormy weather. And with me is my co-host Becky, or aka Mrs Get Into Games, because originality is not something that we do. You can say hello, it is allowed. Hi! Wonderful. Look at that. We're doing a podcast. This is episode (laughs) one of our brand new podcast. This episode is titled Resolutions and Revelations. Why is it titled that? Well, that's because today we are going to talk about our year in board gaming of 2023. We're going to look back and remember those memorable moments. We're going to range our top three board games for you, talk about our stats and give you a bit of a look and an insight into what 2024 looks like for us. How was your board gaming experience of 2023? Was it good? Was it bad? Was it distinctly average? It was pretty good, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. There were some amazing games out there this year. Um, Really, really uh, top-notch year for board games. A lot to get through, a lot to unpack. Um, A lot of games I missed out and didn't get a chance to play, which was a bit upsetting. But there's always 2024. We did play a lot of games. We played a lot of games, which is going to lead us straight into our first part. We're going to talk about our statistics. This was our first year that we really went into uh, board game stats using the BG Stats app, which was very exciting that we gave ourselves massive challenges that were almost (laughs) impossible to reach. Um, Targets mammoth targets with incredibly heavy games in our top 10 list things like scythe and arc nova and nemesis um some people called us crazy and that was me saying it to myself um yeah so um let's um let's chat let's 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 discuss what we did with our stats what challenges did we do last year so we had um a player game every day which yes, we completed. We completed that game. We did complete that through so every we day. We played a total of one thousand one hundred and fifty uh, plays. That's yeah, that's year. insane to think that we had played so many board games. Um, this is this is including uh, both digitally and um, uh, with people in person. Um, no one's got time to. Um, uh, stat them separately. I know some people will begrudge <laughs> they that, do, they and do. they will look at me and go, "How dare you!" But I, I, I don't, I don't care. Um, that's how we've done it. Um, you do you. Um, we did play three hundred sixty-four. So obviously, before we played a game every day, we I picked the challenge three hundred sixty-four plays. Okay. So we surpassed that. Well, yeah, we definitely did that one um, by quite a lot. Um, we did the alphabet challenge. Finally, did the alphabet challenge. I think we did it on the twenty ninth of December. Thanks to Games with Beanie. Absolutely, thanks to our friends Games with Beanie on Instagram. Give them a follow. Um, yeah, uh, we luckily played a game of X Nymphed, um, which is a really interesting version of Six Nymphed. Uh, we might be discussing that a little bit later uh, on. But yes, um, finally did that one. That one felt good. That one felt the best one to felt to complete that one actually. Yeah. Um... And then we had two that we didn't complete. So we had play our unplayed owned games. We managed to play 58% of them. 
but there were still a lot of games that were unplayed. I think the problem there as well is games come into the collection, so it's it's difficult. Um, sometimes you have to feel a bit lucky from time to time to be sent previews and, and review copies and things like that, uh, but they do end up taking um, spaces away from your unplayed games, your, your shelf of shame or shelf of opportunity, depending on which way you look at it. Um, and unfortunately, yeah, uh, 58%. We still played half of the ones that we hadn't played. Um, and realistically, we're quite good, I would say, to be honest. We don't have a massive, we don't have a 100-game shelf of shame. We probably have about six. Um, well, when we get new games in, we tend to try and play them as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just think the latter half of the year got quite busy and then some new ones like uh, Three Ring Circus came in at the end of the year. We haven't played it yet, but um, we'll get to it. Yep. Early January that one will be, I think. And then um, and then we had our 10 by 10, which was uh, interesting. I think initially we thought, let's pick games that we know we want to play. Yeah, we, we played games that we wanted to play we wanted to get to the table more. Games we fell in love with in 2022. We picked games we really wanted to get into. <laughs> um, <laughs> no pun intended. Of course, it was a pun. Um, so that's great too. Yeah, we played a lot of games that we wanted to get to the table. Um, games we loved. And we did pick a couple of new ones because we felt they deserved the chance to get to the table. Um, so yeah, hope yeah. Uh, which ones did we... Um... Um, so we had uh, Planet Unknown, which we played six times. So that was quite good. Arc Nova, we played three times. I think that included an online... I think that was two games on BGA and one game in real life. Um, Tenpenny Parks, we played four times. Yeah, we started well on that one as well. We started at the beginning of the year. We think we played it four times and then went, yeah, we've, we've played Tenpenny Parks quite a few times. Um, I think because it, it plays better... Higher. At higher player counts. Yep. So um, I think playing it a two-player, we just got a bit yep. maybe bored of it. I don't think I could play ten games that much more. Um Scythe we played three games, including an epic five player game, which we will talk about later. Yeah. Um which I think is quite good going for Scythe. Yeah, yeah. I mean considering we play play a lot of games at two, um Scythe isn't best at two. There's no reason to get into confrontation. There's no real reason you can just mind your own business and it's only a little bit of argument over the factory in the middle, but pretty much three games pretty good and one um one incredibly long huge game of scythe um which i think i think any other game would be more of a disappointment after playing it at such a massive player count yeah, so really um and then star wars clone wars we played eight times so that was quite i'm good. surprised we didn't close that one out uh to be honest i would have thought we'd have got star wars uh clone wars pandemic game to the table a couple of more times this year considering um how quick and easy it is to go but um alas, well considering we our last play of it was apparently the 26th of july yeah. So we did have a few months where we could have played it, yeah. but we obviously picked other things. Um, we played Root four times. Okay. Um, Viticulture, we played five, uh, Viticulture World, sorry, we played five times. Yeah. And again, I think we started off the year. I think most of these things were started off of the year, played a huge amount of them, and you kind of go, well, once I've played five or six of these games at, the, at that many times, I, I burn out a little bit. I think also I felt like we had to play them because they were on our 10 by 10 yes. and then... I sort of got the thing where if I'm told I have to play it, I don't want to play it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Then we played two games of Nemesis Lockdown, which is always great, but it's a big setup. It's so a you've huge got to have setup. A lot of time. Um, yeah. 
So I think 10 games of that may have been a little ambitious. Yes. And then we played Terracotta Army. Oh, yeah, it says once, but I think we played it twice. Definitely played it twice. I've, played, I don't, I've taught it a couple of times. Um, again, it's a game that really suits a higher player count. Uh, two is just when you're building that mausoleum up and you're putting in the little um, statues. It's great and it looks stunning on the table, but you need more people. You really need more people to intru- get the full effect of it. And then Witchstone we played a couple of times, but you, you're you're not sold on it. I yeah. quite like it, but... Uh, yeah, it, it, I'm warming to it, but it's not it's not something that I um, am desperate to get to the table um, that often. It, it's fine. It looks pretty. The meeples are adorable. The art is great. It, it's it's a fun game, but it, it, there's just something about it that isn't. It's just not drawing me back. Not drawing it back to the table. But um, so we did we did play a couple of games of each of them, and some of them we were closer to the ten, but. In the end, it says we completed 38% of yeah. that challenge. But I think we may have been over-ambitious for our first time recording stats. For yeah, those. definitely. If you're definitely trying to do 10, I mean, that's that's a huge ask for the year. Because um, there's so many other games. There's so many games. Um, it, it, there's too many games, in fact. Um, and I want to play them all. They're like Pokemon. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I yeah, we were ambitious. There were great games on that list, and unfortunately, we just didn't quite get there with that. Um, but that was it. That was all our challenges, wasn't it, for twenty twenty three? So that was enough that's what we did. Yeah, I mean, bearing in mind like all the other things we do on, like I do on my uh, getting to games over on Instagram, all the other challenges that we take part in, all of the different hashtag challenges um, during the month of October. Um, the busiest... oh, I don't know what happens in October. Nothing. I've nothing, no, nothing, no nothing idea. I can remember. I have no clue what happens in October. Uh, but it's um, not like you mention it at all. I don't say anything about October, and. Um, almost threatened to take over Instagram uh, during the month. I don't think you've mentioned it this year, have you? I haven't mentioned it this year. No, that's true. <laughs> this is this is the first time I've mentioned it this year. Is it? Um, yeah. Oh, I thought you mentioned it earlier. I did mention it earlier when we were going over our notes. No, you mentioned it on Instagram, didn't you? Or was that Probably. in December? I have no idea when. I have, I've lost track of time. It's been the Christmas holidays. No one's gone back to work or school yet. I'm pretty sure and you did a, I, I probably a countdown, did. didn't you? I probably... Eight months or... Yes, I did. No, okay, I've mentioned or... it already. But maybe I mentioned <laughs> that in at the end. I don't know what's happened. Um, things are things are stuck. Um, yes. So that was... Um, yeah, that was that. Um, that was definitely our, our stats. Um, but yeah, other than stats and, and what we did and what we took over, like there were so many really cool first time and second time highlights in board gaming um this year and and some of the highlights a huge portion of those highlights have come from uh conventions um and meeting the people that we've um grown to know and grown to love over instagram and stuff like that so i mean it started the year started with us almost not going to aircon um uh we had tremendous snow and we got stuck and the day before we were going can we even make it um up to up to aircon up to harrogate but we did and uh, yeah it was really good it was really worth it i really love loved going to aircon getting to meet some different instagamers um and instagrammers from the north of england because a lot of the time they don't come down to ukg that much or, or the south so getting to meet some of those um fellows over there getting to meet board game celebrities like matthew jude and paula deming and rodney smith and Chaz marla and monique and naveen and just 
an amazing group of people um, to get to see, to get to game with, to get to play with, to get to talk to. Um, yeah, it's it really the, cool. We took the children, didn't we? It's just a nicer convention to take children to because there's a lot of open gaming. So we just found ourselves a table, sat down, got ourselves food. It was kind of nice and relaxed. And then if you wanted to walk around and um, see the stalls and yeah, check out absolutely. the board games, you can do that. But it was... Yeah, it was like one major, one main hall for kind of um, trade. Um, Hachette had sort of the biggest stand. There was Cosmos had a little stand. And it, it was all around. It was really good. Um, but yeah, like you said, like it's good for, definitely good for families with um, young children like us. Um, you can kind of do a lot of stuff without having to worry too much sit down game at your leisure the food was really good really good mm. the little food carts they have outside so if there is a convention you're planning on going to this year definitely aircon i would highly recommend um on that on also on that same week we went uh on the way home we went to warhammer world oh my gosh which that was is amazing. yeah uh just to see all these like incredibly talented artists who have painted all these models and dioramas and stuff is out of this world so 100 percent. if you are going up that way to aircon on your way back or if you are up that way go to warhammer world as well um it's just it's just amazing i think it's it's so good whether you really like warhammer as a hobby in the hobby or not i think it's a it's a perfect thing to do to see and it's about halfway from like us, so we live in Northampton way. Yeah, and um, it's about halfway to Harrogate, so it was quite a nice. It was a good stop, stop off. They have this really nice Bugman's XXX kind of um, pub oh, uh, yeah. that they've made out the, the, the restaurant. They made it out to look like a, a pub that you the dwarves would uh, having their drinks in before going fighting the dragon, and that makes me very happy. Um, yeah, that was cool, and the tanks outside and stuff cool. like that. That's a really really good little thing. Um, speaking of conventions, obviously huge highlight, probably the, the highlight of a board gaming year, board gaming conventions at all, would be UKGE. Um, it was it was made very special this year. Um, I don't know. I just felt like it was. We took our kids every day this time. Not every day. We had one day. I know we had one day with us. I had the press event on thir- on the Thursday. We had Friday, <coughs> just us. Yeah, and then we took them on Saturday and Sunday. Well, we weren't planning on taking them on Sunday but we had such a great time on the Saturday that they wanted to go back yeah and it was great absolutely yeah it's so good and getting to meet so many I think it was the first year that I knew of so many of our again uh Instagram people from other countries um Dennis Ordinary Board Gamer Angel Board Game Angel Board Julie uh Erline uh uh, Solo um mostly Solo sorry um yeah, a huge range of. You're going to miss someone. I'm going to miss people off. No. I'm sorry if I missed you. If I missed you, I actually named you. You didn't hear it. If you re, re if you go back to the very beginning of the podcast and listen to the whole thing again, yeah, it's in the line <coughs> that says all Instagram. Yeah, but so if you go if you go to the beginning and listen to the whole podcast again, if you didn't catch it that time, you go back to the beginning and listen to it again because then at least that's three listens that we, <laughs> yeah. that we get out of it. So that's quite good. Um, for, anyway, we for love us. you all. Huh? Yeah. Um, so that was good. Um, and again, we got to see, obviously, our, our, the UK uh, group, uh, as always. Uh, John Trywin from Trywin Games was um, representing his own game, Can't Go, uh, the game of Poop and Points, which was very exciting to see it live in action. Um, 
Unless you have to choose your words carefully. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, but I I was happy to see that and happy to give that one a good go. Um, yeah, but it was a there's, huge amount of stuff. There's so much to see that even being there for four days, you don't see it all. Like, even on the Sunday, we were walking around. Yeah. And I was thinking, did I see that? And I haven't seen that before. So there's so much to do. Yeah. There was so much I missed as well. Like Outrun the Bear was there and I and missed completely missed that. Um so so many things I missed of that. But you you will. And we did some open gaming. We went to the Hilton. Was it the Hilton? Yep, the Hilton. And then you left me at the Hilton. I left you for with all the Instagrammers. That's it. Um Because you went to a secret meeting. I went to a secret I went to two secret meetings. Yes, you did. I went to two secret meetings. One secret meeting was the um was a was a shindig. Uh, that ordinary board gamer, that's our young friend Dennis. Go give him a little follow. Um, had a secret rendezvous with some uh, pre-release games from uh, a certain publisher. Yeah, I'm sure you um, can say it now, can't you? Yeah. Oh right. You're building up to it. Sorry. No, I wasn't building up to it. I just wasn't <laughs> going to say it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, so so Alley Cat Games ran a secret um, party with um, some prototypes of their release games, uh, new release or coming to release games, which was fun. Um, would have been more fun if the games were complete, complete and actually operating, and people knew how to play them. But um, that's just tea for people. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was really nice to go there. Um, we got pizza. Dennis didn't have any pizza because there was nothing suitable for uh, people who are gluten intolerant. But that again, tea. Um, so we that was fun. That was a really nice time. Got to again meet. Um, got to meet uh, Rosie from Cozy Board Games. Uh, she's a lovely, lovely, lovely person, um, human person. Um, yeah, it was good. Uh, and then I also went to play the be one of the first people in the UK. I was told first person in the people in the UK by Flav from Hachette. I don't know if that was true or he was just trying to get me to come and play. But I got to play with uh, Florian Sirier's brand new game, The Art Project, um, which was an absolute highlight of UKG. It was The game has blown my mind. Um, I was so excited for it to be released and I was just waiting constantly, messaging Hachette going, is it, is it now? Is it now? I think you bought it like the day it came out. Yeah, I did. You? I did. I, uh, after going, is it now? Is it now? Didn't I come home and you, you just, you, uh, yeah, you just I just said I've done a bad thing. <laughs> I just bought it. I don't care. I bought it. It's so good. And um, yeah, I'm happy is, that I did. It is really good. I um yeah. So played that with uh, Aaron, board game overlord, uh, Gingerbeard Geek Dad, I believe, and two others. And I'm no, I didn't play it with two others. I played it with one other. Because I was one of them. You are a bad man. You can't remember names. I can't remember the fourth one. And I that oh. poor person going to be waiting I, for the name to be. Uh... I know his name, but it's too special to mention on the podcast. Oh, wow. He deserves a higher <laughs> amount, a higher, a, a better level of praise. Uh, I would say. Uh, yeah. So it was yeah, incredible game. Uh, we lost on that game with four of us learning. Of, uh, yeah, really good. But yes, yourself. What did you think of UKG? How did you draw it? Giant King of Tokyo, obviously, always a highlight. I just really enjoyed... I I thought it would be really tricky to take the kids to. I thought it would be really busy and that it would just be really stressful to take the kids to. But actually, I really enjoyed it. And they were so enthralled with all the bits and pieces. And there were lots of 
games for them to try and the um, imagination station in the middle where you could just grab a table and then go and play loads of different games was fab because we sat there for a while. The Hubba, is it Hubba? Yeah. Hubba um, table was great. We played lots of games there. Um, they, Our littlest got a little bit scared by the dress. That, the, the cosplayers. Yeah, cosplayers. Yeah, 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 yeah. But our oldest loved it. Um, so I was really, I was actually really surprised how well the kids did there actually, um, which was why we were able to take them for the Sunday as well. Yeah, but I think it was just really nice to do that as a family. So yeah, absolutely. Just to, I mean, I'm just going to run through just quickly some of the other highlights. Of obviously they were the sort of the main big ones as well as our all our UK Instagram gamer meetups, uh, mostly run by the wonderful Jenny uh, Board Game Family UK. Uh, she normally hosts them all. I host one myself, um, MollyCon. That's what we're going with. That's the name of it, MollyCon, um, in in the Midlands-ish area. Um, that's the name I'm going with. But it's lovely. It's known um, as something else, which I'll I'll leave down to other people to but mention. People listening, they do. That's right, fine. Yeah. Scoot ScootCon, um, run by Out of Town Games, and we um, met Nanda. That was nice. And Nick from Board Game Review UK. Yes, we did meet Nanda at that. We met a few people at that. Um, Dyson Dishes, I believe, as well. Uh, might have got that one wrong as well. But hey, that's and what we, I'm here for. I'm and, not professional. And we introduced some of our friends to the... Yeah, family. yeah. So we had a big old have happy, happy family, family time. Um, yeah, loads of good meetups um, throughout the year. Um, did you have any other big highlights of, of the year, really? That Yeah, so um, for me... At Molycon, yep, the five-player game of Scythe was amazing. Yep, um, I never thought I'd be able to play that game at that player count, and actually now I don't really want to play it two-player. It was really good. Yeah, no, um, and I'm glad we got to fit it in because it's quite a long one. But we may- all made a beeline for the table, sat down, set it up, and, and managed to play. So that was really great. Um, I had down meeting Dennis, ordinary board gamer. Um, for me, managing to play fifty three games of Blood of the Clock Tower was pretty amazing. Um, some of those in person, some of those online with, you know, the the same group. Um, yeah. But I love that game, and I love that we were able to play that many. Yeah, I think mean, mm-hmm. it feels like we played almost one a week. Um, obviously, not including games that I story told <laughs> outside of the, uh, my main gaming group, running the uh, uh, the Dice Box Board Game Cafe. Um, that's a free plug. Mm-hmm. Um, running it uh, for for friends for their for their work training uh, things sessions like that kind of thing. Yeah, but Blood and the Cold was a was a big was a big thing. And then me. I put down um, getting to know um, games with Beanie. A bit better, and now they've been to our house. We've been to their house. We've met up, yeah, outside, and and just making those connections with people who have a s- similar um, interests and yeah. hobbies um, is really nice. Yeah, I mean, my my other my other big highlights really 
Um, I've got written down here, finally getting a copy of My City, The Rolling Right, because it's only been a million years since I first played that. Um, finally getting that, that's a highlight, because I really like that game. Um, and we played we played that with um, PJ. Uh, oh, we played that with uh, the Cajun gamer, PJ, um, and his lovely wife, Katie. Um, we played that, um, PJ, of course, from Meeple to Meeple, uh, another great uh podcast that i may have been on a couple of episodes so it's worth a check out there um one of the one of the greatest highlights of my instagram this year was uh the release of everdell farshaw and everyone on instagram collectively losing their flipping minds over the game was just amazing like oh my gosh they've made a game this new everdell game and everyone's been sent it for free everyone's got it oh my gosh now we're all angry because people are getting games for free why wasn't it me um and then and then saying it's all the same as as everdell and then it's not, and then and then Everdell's great. Everdell Farshaw is also great. Yeah, of course, because Farshaw's, <laughs> Farshaw's really good. I don't mind. I, I'm going to say it. Farshaw is really good. I do like it, <coughs> but I think Everdell is fine. Everdell is better at multiple, uh, higher player counts. Farshaw's good at two. I think at four, it struggles. We played it at four with games at Beanie. With games at Beanie, sorry. Um, and it just felt a bit long. And when you get four of those boats on the board it's really difficult to see yeah they don't they, they don't fit at. on the board and yeah yeah you might as well just have the meeple yeah or, um or a little cardboard chip kind of thing but you know i like everdell i like i like the system yeah um but you know i play either of them happily because they're very pleasing to the eye and, yeah uh, and um when they release another one i'll still probably buy it um yeah and the other thing <clears throat> massive highlight obviously for myself um gonna say it i've said it twice in the podcast Don't already say it. uh is hashtag um boardtober 2023 this year was insanely huge um loads it of people take up most of your life though. it took a, it took a, it does it takes up most of my life and then in november and december i am going the calendar was chock-a-block whole... with giveaways yeah. and yeah i think it was 17 clothes. giveaways and then it rolled over into November because people were because there were some giveaways that were meant to come that were late, and, and then, then there I, were more people going. Do you want to give away this? I was like, oh my gosh, how much can I do? I had to help you type all those names into the wheel. Mm. It took forever. The spinny wheel. I've got to work out a better way of hosting giveaways because my gosh, I've got a repetitive strain injury. I could probably <laughs> type out all your Instagram handles in my sleep now. Um, when people pop up now on my Instagram, I go, Oh, yes, I'll type that name in. Yeah, yeah, 4,000 <laughs> times. But yeah, uh, Bortober 2023 was incredible. Uh, and again, if you are listening to this and you took part, thank you so much. Um, it's the That's biggest thing for me, it's the most fun thing that I do um, on Instagram. Love taking part of it, love the banter. Love just the chaos of it all. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me. They're, they're some of the highlights. There are obviously going to be more, but I would say that they are there. Um, which is going to lead me now to say, what are your top three games of 2023? Do you want to do one each or do you want to just go and say all of them? Do you want to do your three, my three, or do you want to do one each? Um, should we do our honourable mentions? First? All right, then. So, excuse me. Oh, quietly dying. That was a nice little corner. cough there. Um, my honourable mention has to go to Blood on the Clock Tower, just because of the um, the memories that I have attached to that from this year. Uh, you know, I could go into 
the things that have happened that I would bore everybody. Um, but they just, they stick in my mind. And whenever I get together with the group of players that we play with, I just always have a great time. Um, so that has to be my honourable mention. Yeah. Yeah. My, I, I have, I have three honourable well, mentions. Bit, um... I'm going to say them really quickly. Okay. One of one of my honourable one of my honourable mentions is the footsteps of Darwin, um, a game that we saw and played at Aircon, fell in love with, then regretted not buying until we found it and bought it. Uh, the other one is an honourable mention. It's the White Castle. I love the White Castle. It's a stunning game. Um, I need to play it more. I, if I played it more than I had played it, I think we played it a couple of times. Yeah. If I'd played it more, it would probably crack my top three. But at the moment, it's it's a perfect game um, at two. I really enjoy it. It's really thinky, really puzzling, and short enough that you can play multiple games. You can sort of mm. play it, finish it, and go, let's go again, even though it is one of those really thinky kind of difficult, puzzly games. I was talking to Always Plays Blue on Instagram. Yep. And um, when he first got it, or when they first got it, um, they were playing back to back games of it because it's that easy to just re yeah re wrap yeah um, and my last honourable mention is Robot Quest Arena. Mm. Um, played that at UKGE for the first time. Well, we had a demo, didn't we? Yeah, had a demo with the uh, designer. It's incredible. Um, Robot Wars, the board game, the deck building board game. It's Star Realms, but with adorable robots. It's just table presence is stunning. It's silly, it's fun, it's it's everything you want the in, a, in a bit of a board game. Yeah, and there is a new Kickstarter coming which sets it to an eleven player player count with Whoa, another four robots and a huge, huge. board. Um yeah, which is insane. Um and I want it. Um yeah, so yours, your top three. Where well, we going? I think we might have one that's the same. But um Okay, let's go. Let's have one that's the same. Well let's not do well, that. Well should one. we go You go three, two, one, or okay. are they no particular order? Yeah, they're kind of three, two, one. All right. So um, my third one is one that we've just got recently, but it's quite a chill game. Played it a couple of times with Games with Beanie when they came up to us. And that is Lacuna. Um, You have a mat. You shake these flower pieces onto the mat. And then you have um, gold or silver pieces that you have to place between the flowers to take the pieces and you're trying to get area control over you know if your if your piece is nearest to a flower then you're going to collect it at the end it's a very peaceful very pleasing very relaxing game it's very quick um and it's low stakes but i just really enjoyed it yeah no it's really nice really peaceful game really good um my number three is um, Expeditions, the sequel to Scythe. I wasn't sure when I first got it, and a little bit of me really loves it. I there's something about it. The um, it's my my thing with it is if if you love Scythe, you might not love Expeditions. If you don't like Scythe. You probably will like Expeditions, but probably won't buy it because you don't like Scythe. So it's in this really weird, sticky situation. I think it's really well designed. It's got a mix of 
for me, Wayfarers of the South Tigris, the whole uh, building up your kind of tableau, but getting uh, comboing up the, the actions that you take. It's got the exploration of Lost Ruins of Arnok. Mm-hmm. Um, it does feel like a game has come along mechanically to a point um, and then they've gone, right, this is a cool idea for a game. These are really cool mechanics. What theme should we put on it? Scythe, bang, there it goes. But um, I've taught it a couple of times now. I've played it a few times now. Every time I play it, I enjoy it. It feels quicker than Scythe. It, it, it's a slow burn to start, but once you do get going, you start comboing stuff. It's it's really satisfying. And to me, it's a really, really nice game and it scales really well. It's If you want to play Scythe at two players, Expeditions gives you that feeling and it works really well at two think- players. Do you think it's better at two player or a higher player count? I think I've, I've only ever played it with you, but I just wonder whether it's better at three, four. It feels like a slog at like five. At, at maximum player count, it feels like a really long game. Um, I like it at two because you. The only benefit of more players is it blocks some of the spaces because you can't get in direct combat. So in two player, there's always somewhere to go. Whereas in five player, there's not always going to be somewhere you can get to. Um, I, I like it in any, any play count so far, um, but I'm happy that it works so well at two because for me and you, we don't always play with a huge amount of people. Yeah. It's easy to get off the shelf and, and get tabled. I also think that... Oh, I've forgotten what I was going to say. Was it that? Expeditions. They're, they're beautiful. It was so obviously important that yeah, I've completely forgotten what. Well, you you remember if it comes back to you, you can tell us during your number two. <laughs> okay, not during your number two. That's oh, awful. That's We're not recording funny. in there. There would be terrible echoes. Oh, I remembered what I was going to say now. See, I also think that the way the game is set up is a bit like Everdale in that the way you set up the cards very much favours two people sat next to each other looking at it. Oh, yeah, it's it's people make... But if you've got four people around a table, you don't get the same... Yeah, too many board games have been made with boards that that point a specific direction, and if you're you're on the back of the board, it looks a bit strange. It's like Everdale being behind the tree. Yeah, you're right, the the board is upside down. So if you're further away from the wing conditions, it can be a bit annoying. Understood. So my number two is Distilled. I love that mm-hmm. game. All about um, distilling your own whisk. Is it whiskey, whiskey. and well, vodka and tequila and all the good stuff? Um, and I just love the way you build up your cards and then you cream off the top and the bottom, and you get to see whether it makes the alcohol. It's incredibly frustrating. Yeah, the push your luck when it doesn't make the thing, or if you use your signature. Um, flavor and it doesn't make the alcohol that it should but it's such a beautiful game and i like i just love it yeah no yeah yeah i agreed i distilled was going to be on my list 100 percent. uh but i knew it was going to be on your list so i didn't because i knew we'd give it some love (laughs) anyway um it's an incredible game yeah yeah there's something about it that just again plays really well at all the player counts as well by the sounds of it um, it's almost simultaneous play as well, so it shouldn't last. I've heard like people playing at five players, and it takes a hundred years. But I don't That's see, I don't see how. No, it's not all right. Then ninety nine years, ninety nine years. If that's an exaggeration, um, 
but I don't see how a game that can play simultaneously um, can last that long. Speaking of which, my number two um, is After Us, the master of segues and simultaneous plays. That's me. Um, After Us, uh, Planet of the Apes, the board game, basically... um, it was the the hotness of UKGE this year. Everyone was running in, selling out in twenty minutes, um, running in to get the exclusive uni, uh, UKGE copy with Big Ben on the cover. Um, I didn't run in; I was slow, and I was like, "Okay, it sounds interesting. I don't get it. I don't get what everyone all the fuss is about." We weren't even interested in it no, to start with. I learned it on. Um, well, I learned it at work. I I went. Actually, this does sound really good. Played it a couple of times on BGA and went, yeah, yeah, I, I, I want that. So I went into the shop and I bought that exclusive UKGE cover about six months after UKGE. Um, so still for got less, the thing for less, for less money. money. <laughs> I didn't have to run in um, and kick down the doors at, and buy it in twenty minutes. Um, and it's become it's been one of was one of the ended up being one of the most played games we played this year last year. Um, it's just very different to anything else we have. Just the way. The, so I didn't understand to begin with when we were playing on BGA how the how it worked, and I was just clicking any old thing. But the way you get the cards to line up, and then you get the different resources, and you build up the cards, and they get better and better. Um, it, yeah, it just feels really yeah. nice when you play. And I love the simultaneous kind of chaos that you're just running out, grabbing things. You're trying to grab your resources. You're moving everything really quickly. You, you have feel to like do it quickly. No, but I like to do it quickly because it makes yeah. you feel like you're these apes, like grabbing the resources and bringing them mm. in, and makes you feel that kind of. But it, it it's like combo tastic, so you can get some. Are they what did we decide they were apes, not monkeys? They're definitely apes. They're 100. So they're you all can apes. get some apes that don't quite match up, and then you don't get as many resources, and then you can get a few that really line up, and you're like, wow, I'm. Doing all this stuff, yeah, and, yeah amazing. Um, it's really satisfying. Um, so, and we... I, I thought I would prefer it on BGA, but actually, I quite like gathering the resources. Yeah, definitely. So, what was your number one? My number one was Ticket to Ride Legacy. I mean, I posted about this yesterday. It is just amazing. We waited to do the podcast until we had completed Ticket to Ride Legacy, because I just knew I wanted to talk about it. Not that I'm going to give any spoilers, no. because we wouldn't, but um, it. I never thought I would find something that topped Pandemic Legacy, and this, like, smashed it out of the park, basically. Um, I'm not, I'm, I wasn't a massive Ticket to Ride fan before we started playing it. I played Ticket to Ride, it's quite nice, but... Not a massive fan, but this legacy game just had everything I could have dreamed of. And every single chapter was different. There were no repeats like we played My Island, which is a bit of a legacy game, which felt a little disappointing because some of the chapters were well, the very last, similar. Last three, the last three chapters are identical. Um, you played the game three yeah. times. so... But this was never that, like, even to the very last chapter where I thought, oh, okay, well, the last chapter is just going to be one more of the same as the one before. And there was still something different and still something to surprise me. And literally to the last card in the box, yeah. it surprised me that, you know. Um, 
absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, I think I think there's a whole there's a whole podcast episode in itself just about that one game. I think there is definitely something well, to explore. I think later in the year when more people have explored yeah. it, then yes. we can talk about absolutely. it. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and my uh, number one, I've already spoken about it. I've always I've already waxed lyrical about it. Um, same des- same artist and same designer as After Us um, is the art project for me. It is just it's just everything you want from a cooperative board game it's challenging it's really easy i the the term family weight is banded around a lot and yes and and it does put people off because people don't like oh but it's family weight uh a family weight game that must mean it's easy no no uh no for me family weight can mean really easy to understand instructions but a really difficult game to actually win. And that's what the the beauty of the art project is. It's really hard, but it's a real challenge, but it is so simple, so straightforward. And that is that is why that is my number one game of the year. We, um, my experience with it at UKGE, obviously, maybe putting a bit more emphasis on that. We'll see where that ends up next year, this year, in 2024, whether I still think it's one of the best co-op games I've played. Um, but for me personally, it is definitely there's up there. a lot of replayability in it because there's lots of boards. So we've only really touched the surface of two boards. Yeah. So we've done the Nile and we've done Tokyo. Tokyo. Um, but there's four others, aren't there? So, yeah, there's six boards in total. Yeah. Um, so there's quite a lot of replayability. We've played with our nine-year-old, um, and she really enjoys it. But it's quite nice because we can work on it together yeah. and help her. Um, and there's not a huge amount of that alpha gamer kind of stuff that pandemic gets like I'll just tell you what to do and we'll do it you mm-hmm. can kind of really you, you have to negotiate <clears throat> you have to discuss what you're doing so yeah um, that's why it's definitely up there as my mm. number one I had um, sorry mm-hmm. I had some kid version games okay that I thought were mentioning they weren't honourable mentions and they're not my top three but just some things like Stomp the Plank yep Brilliant that's game. brilliant. The kids love that, but also the adults. That's definitely that. a children in inverted commas game. It's not a drinking game. Don't make it a drinking <laughs> game. It's not one of them. Featherweight Fiesta. Good fun. Where you ping the uh, parrots and the parrots birds off, off at the end. Yeah, uh, goes down really well. Our nine-year-old loves boop. Yep, boop <laughs> and spooky boop. And one that we just got in at the end of the year, um, which now seems to be, I mean, maybe it's going to beat Lacuna in my maybe for next year <laughs> um om shanti om shanti which is like these weird balls yeah magic magic balls they they make they them glide. look like they glide yeah rather than roll because um, of the liquid inside them it's um it's very similar to shuffleboard yeah it's like shuffleboard it's balls. quite hard but it, it's good fun yeah, yeah yeah and it comes in a fancy purple box so yeah, it looks but... lovely well be that'll be coming up on, out on instagram very soon <laughs> um the thing is i find with board games is there so many of them? Too many, in fact. And it almost like feels like you want to be able to play these new releases or, or great games and be able to somehow not keep them in your house all the time and just send them away. Now, I wish, I just wish that there was a way that we could 
do that. There is. What? Shall I tell you about it? Shocking. Explain to me, please. Well, we're sponsored by Rent, Shuffle and Roll. What? Yes, I know. Rent, Shuffle and Roll let you rent any of their 1,000 games on a monthly basis so you can try before you buy or get access to a rolling selection of new games every month. Every month? Every month. Every How cool month. Is that? Amazing. And if you're feeling mysterious, you could take a look at their new Mystery Vault selection and see what you can solve. Wow. If you use the code GITG, which is Get Into Game, 50 to support the show and you get 50% off your first month. 50% off my first month just for writing GITG50? GITG50? That's it. Wow. That sounds like an amazing yeah, idea. That's pretty cool. That would be great to be have a sponsorship like that on our podcast. Yeah, well, we do. Amazing. Yeah. So make sure you go to Rent, Shuffle <laughs> and Roll using the code GITG50 to get to not only support us and keep the lights on in this lovely kitchen we're recording in, <laughs> but also get 50% off your first month. Okay. So this is a thing that we want to do as a reoccurring segment right now. This is called our board game menu. What we're going to do is very quickly and very briefly run down the perfect board game menu for you. I've got three games, a starter, a main and a dessert. And so has Becky. She has got a wonderful starter to get you in the mood, a main to fill you up with excitement and a dessert to let you go, be relaxed and fully satisfied at the end of your games night we're gonna knock these ones out the park and um yeah do you want to go first or should i go first do you want me to go first i think you're deciding you're going first i'm gonna go first (laughs) so to start i have got uh, a wonderful little game by wolfbank gang kramer called six nymphed Six Nymphed is a wonderful little card game. It's quite stressful, but quite easy at the same time. You're just drawing cards, you're playing them down, you don't want to pick up the sixth one. Um, The first person to zero... Sorry? In a line. (coughs) In a line. First person to run out of points. End of the game. Whoever's got the most points left of their 66 points wins. The perfect, perfect starter. Um, For me, my main course... um, after you've played your game of six nymphed and you've let that settle in your loins is, I don't know why your loins <laughs> what? just, that just came out. Um, is Everdell the perfect cozy worker placement critter game to give you just enough strategy. And it's my favorite game. So because it's my favorite game and it's my menu, that's why you've got it as the main, um, just a wonderful, <laughs> um, tableau building worker placement game by James A. Wilson with beautiful art by Andrew Bosley. Um, yeah, stunning, stunning game. Um, and for dessert, we have, uh, my gold mine from Cosmos Games. Um, this is a game designed by, and I will apologize for this right now. But I don't have to worry that Dr. Hans Jochim is listening or Michael Loth or Christo and Schulberg. No, I don't have to worry about that. Um, but they're the no, game. That says Christoph Schilling. Christoph Schilling. Christoph Schilling, yeah. Michael Loth and Han, Dr. Hans Jochim. Thank you for my gold mine. My, my gold mine is the absolute perfect push your luck game where you are dwarves in a cave, mining for gold, and trying to escape a dragon that's ready to eat you. It's the ultimate push-your-luck game, the ultimate hilarious way to end your evening uh, before going home 
and get in that taxi and driving all the way to your or just home going to bed for sleep or just going upstairs just going to bed if you've got stairs if you haven't got stairs you don't go up the stairs you just you go to well, the... whatever happens after playing the game. Whatever you, whatever you choose to do after your Let's third game. Let's leave it open-ended. Open-ended, the okay. Listeners. Well, then if we leave it open-ended, they can play another game. They may game. have They're turned off by now. They definitely turned <laughs> off by now. <laughs> if you're still here, thanks. If you're still here, leave a funny emoji in the comments. Thanks. Uh, right, your, your turn. Okay, so my starter is a, a new-to-me game, which is Kites. The designer is Kevin Hamano and the artist is Beth Sobel and the publisher is Floodgate Games. This is a great one for gamers, non-gamers. It's a good one to start um, a night off with. It's easy to grasp. You have, uh, I think it's six or five or six sand timers, which are representing colourful kites. And you are flipping the sand timers to try and keep them up in the air. Um, And it's just, We've played it with family. We've played it with friends. It's just a great one to get everybody in the mood for playing games. It's really easy, really accessible. And you you want to try again when all the kites come crashing down. Um, there's additional challenges you can add, like storms incoming. Um, aeroplanes. Yeah, aeroplanes and it's cross lines. Yeah. But um, it's just a good one to get everybody warmed up and everybody familiar with each other. That's it. My main course is my personal favourite game, which is Viticulture by Jamie Stegmaier and Alan Stone. Um, and both Beth Sobel does some artwork on, on that too. So I've got two Beth Sobel artwork yeah. games. Right. Uh, the publisher is Stonemaier Games. I love Viticulture. You are um, owners of a vineyard and you are trying to make your wine. Well, you have to grow your vines first of all, then you have to harvest your vines, and then you make your wine and you sell it. Um, money and resources are really tight, so you have to really think carefully about what you're going to do because it's played over certain seasons. Um, I would say that's more for a gamers. Um, I remember our first few games, we thought the rule set was really tricky. And now we play it and we're like, well, what were we thinking? It's actually quite easy. Um, it's very relaxing. It feels really nice to play it. Yeah. Um, it's not stressful. It's not overly um, competitive. I mean, it's competitive in that you. it's hard to beat each other, but you're not vying for places and yeah. things all of the time. It doesn't feel vindictive when you're going against each other at all. No, it's, it's not, not that it's not take that type thing no. is. It, there's other things that you can do. Um so that's my main course. So I definitely play that. And then my dessert course is one that you mentioned earlier. A nice calming, relaxing end to the night. Just very satisfying and that is in the footsteps of Darwin. And the designers on that are Gregory Grod and Matteo Verdier. Um, and the artists are Maud Briand and David Sutton. And the publisher is Sorry We Are French, which makes me laugh because I thought it was in French when we went to UKG, but <laughs> that's just the name of the publisher. Um, and in that one, you are junior naturalists, I found out, because I didn't actually know that before I did the research for the podcast. Oh, you did? Oh. Um, on the beagle, trying to help Darwin finish Origin of the Species. 
and you are um, studying animals and you're gaining bonuses and you're moving the beagle, collecting points. But it is so beautiful. The artwork is so beautiful that it's just really relaxing. And I just think it would be the perfect end to a gaming night with um, yeah. friends. Kids can play it. It's very accessible to everybody. Yeah, um, it's a, yeah, it's a good, good game. Good choice. Yeah. Very good. Um, yeah, so that's, that's our board game menu. So please leave a comment which menu you would prefer to have. Um, and also just leave a menu if you'd want to mix those menus up and play as one of our starters or whatever. Um, or leave a comment and tell us your uh, board game yeah. menu. That would be I'd cool. like to hear I would, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to, I want to know, I want to know where the people are. No, I want to know what you all want. Um, and that brings us near to the end of our podcast, but the one thing about our podcast was about revolutions. No, it wasn't. What was our podcast? Resolutions and revelations. This isn't the matrix. Um, so resolutions, uh, what is 2024 looking like for Get Into Games? And Mrs. Get Into Games. And Mrs. Yeah, that's Newly one. Changed. You've changed your Twitter, your Instagram handle. Which has confused it. No. no. Um, I am going to use my Instagram to post more board game yeah. things. I'm obviously also joining you for this podcast. Yes, apparently I'm going to have to do research because you said you did research. So I'm going to have to do research oh, for a I like podcast. To be fed. Good. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Fly by the seat of my pants. <laughs> um, I the the whole challenge thing to me when we were discussing this for the podcast. Um, sometimes too many challenges can be quite restricting, like we found with the ten by ten. I yep. don't want to play those games. I want to play what I feel like playing on a Friday evening when I get in from work, like. I don't want to be told I have to play. And I know I set it myself. Yeah. yeah but I want uh, to see what happens. So I personally think we should have less challenges. Yeah, I agree. I think sometimes you, you set... I think it was our first year we got excited. We said we'd do all these things. We did some of them. <clears throat> also, the, the pressure of doing that kind of thing, it puts pressure on the hobby. And the hobby is about playing games at the end of the day and enjoying the games you played. I... Instagram is great. Being able to do this podcast, fantastic. YouTube, all the things that we do, all the things that we can post about, all the reviews and stuff that we write for the website, all of that stuff is brilliant. It's great to be able to do that. I do feel that sometimes it takes over from the hobby itself. Um, I want to, as my resolution, get back to just really enjoying the hobby and being able to share what I enjoy more than worrying about I have to do this. I have to share this. And I think, all right, and, and now I've got a task. I've got to play this game 15 million times. Oh, I've got to learn this. I've got to do this. Um, life's busy enough. Uh, yeah. So I think, yeah, less challenges. And then, and we've got a couple. We're, we're going to do two. Other than yeah. our Instagram <laughs> and our, 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 like, that side of things. So what are we, we going to do? So I think it is perfectly reasonable to think that we can play 20 new-to-me games. When we meet up with people at cons, when we meet up with our friends, often we'll play games that we haven't played. So when we met up with Games with Beanie, we played Isle of Cats, we played Century Gollum. We'd never played those before. Um, and I really enjoy doing that because it's about having other people teach you a game that they know and love. Yep. So um, so I've put Play 20 new to me games. I think across the course of the year, 
we will play twenty new tunes. I think, yeah, we'll we'll definitely do more than that. Um, but yeah, but I think that comes in tandem with playing the games that we love to play. Yeah. So I've put play twenty old favorites because everybody's searching for the new all the yeah. time. Yep, yeah. cult of the but new. But there are some brilliant games out there. Like we played um, Lords of Water Deep with our friends. Yeah, that's an old, old game, but you know it's it was fab and we had a great time with it. And I don't want to always be searching for oh what's coming next, what's coming next. Actually, let's look back and go in, go onto the shelf and find the games that actually we loved at the start when we when we started the, the hobby. hobby. Yeah, and let's go back to those and see. Yeah. One, if we if we don't enjoy them anymore, we can play it and get rid of it. Um, but we might find some gems that we've forgotten. And often when we do go back to those ones that, you know, Imhotep and Flashpoint and things that we, Pandemic, that we started the hobby, we do have a good time with those games. Yeah. And I don't want them to... Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's important to get, not just worry about Cult of the New. And I know Cult of the New is hot and I know that's what people are listening. They want to hear about those new favourites. And trust me, we will have those new games and we will talk about those new games uh, an awful lot. But um, definitely remembering what brought you to the hobby in the first place and those classics that are classics for a reason. Mm. Um, yeah, and I think that's it. They're, they're our main resolutions. That's the main thing. That's the main crux of what we're going to get out of the year. Who knows the following year? We're going to see if we can still hit over a 1,000 plays without any pressure. We pressured ourselves to play a game every day. Without the pressure, will we still hit that number? Who knows? Hopefully we do uh, because we love to play board games and that's what we do. So... Yeah, that's that's going to be us. We're going to have a later. Maybe, maybe next year we'll hit stats again and we'll try again with the big stat, big uh, things. But um, thank you so much for listening to this first ever episode of the Get Into Games On Air podcast. Um, please, if you enjoyed what you listened to, please leave a five star review um, on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, that really helps the podcast. It helps the algorithm and it helps our reach. Um, and feel free to obviously leave comments, leave your menu, leave your favourite games of 2023, leave uh, comments and tell me about what, or tell us about all the things that you enjoy about the hobby uh, and why you love the hobby and what got you into games in the first place. Um, so from me, uh, thank you so much. And from Becky. Thank you. Are you going to say goodbye to the people? Look at the goodbye, people. Goodbye, people. Are you waving? I am waving. She's waving. We're, we're both waving. Um, thank you very much. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening.